morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Come on. Even in the tent, so great to see you. Excited that you're here. My name's Rod, if you're new, and I'm one of the pastors here, and super excited to uh, be with you today. Uh, I just want to say that if you're new, our doors are open, and uh, we're just a bunch of ordinary people. We're just ordinary people. I know, you know, we want to follow the Lord, and but a lot of times we don't get it right, and we're, we're just trying to figure it out, and we don't always get it right all the time. So uh, this is a place for, for imperfect people that want to, want to have a, a church experience. And um, so we just want to be honest and real and genuine and um, authentic about that. And so what we do as a church is that we open the scriptures. Uh, we're a Bible church in that uh, we believe in the Bible and we teach the Bible. And so uh, we read it and we explain it. We apply it. We like go through the Bible. So when we think that we can hear God's voice through God's word, that God will actually speak to us through his word. So that's what we do on, uh, on Sunday mornings. And so what we're doing today is we're in the book of Romans. And so Romans is uh, an epic, an awesome book in the Bible. Many consider it the greatest book in all of scripture. Uh, so what happened was for 11 chapters, Paul is talking about how to have a relationship with God. And then he turns and pivots in chapter 12. He says, now I want to talk about how to have a relationship with one another. And so we're in chapter 14. All the messages are online for free forever. But today what we're going to talk about is our relationship with one another. And specifically what we're going to talk about is guidelines for gray areas of life and getting along. Anybody have a problem, a challenge, getting along? Okay, have a request four of you, and for the rest of you, you never have any problems getting along. That's great. So uh, anyway, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So here's what we've got for you. We have seven guidelines for getting along from the passage, seven guidelines for getting along. Then what we have is three uh, areas, guidelines for gray areas. We're going to talk firstly, seven areas that kind of relate to everybody in the room. And then we're going to talk specifically, the last three are just for you and how to sort out, how do I live in gray areas? So it's really important that we get this right. And here's why. Because churches go sideways, churches struggle, churches divide over the very things we're talking about right here. And this answers the question, how can we have a church that's loving and healthy and thriving and unified uh, and a great church. This is it here. And here's the issue. We have a, 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 a people in a church. We have different people, different backgrounds, different preferences, different personalities, places in different uh, areas of growth. And so how do you get all those people under one roof and you get along? Well, that's exactly what was happening here. There's areas of, of life and church where they're just opinions but those opinions can divide people. So how do we get a perspective and how do we deal with that? So how do we deal with our differences? Because we're going to have differences, but how do we do it in a godly way? How do we do it in a God-honoring way? So what we're going to talk about, it is timely because the scriptures are timeless. So it's very significant what we're going to talk about because last year, for example, we're at the ranch we're meeting drive-in church. Anybody remember drive-in church? And then we do the tent. And now we're doing drive-in and the tent at the same time. And then we got bounced over here. Now we're doing church here. And so, uh, so what I want to say is this, is that there are many people that are brand new. 
people that are brand new to the area. There are people that uh, are returning to church because of all the stuff, COVID, all that. And these are very exciting days for us as a church, super encouraging days. But uh, we're, we're getting our conditional use permit and all that. Eventually, we'll be over there. But I don't know how long we're going to be here. It's going to be a year or whatever. I, I don't know. But God has provided us this place. And check this out. Now we have a new kid's space. I just wanted to show you this. About 4,000 square feet. That's, that's a, a floor there. A couple thousand square feet. Another couple thousand square feet for 50 bucks a week. Come on, somebody. Is that awesome or what? So our kids have gone. So that was kind of the last piece we had to sort out. It's just right across the street. And so it's just, it's amazing how God provides. But uh, so then we've added the tent outside. Come on, we added the tent last week. So we got a little outdoor, indoor thing going on. So it's awesome. And, uh, but I love so much what has happened here. But we got all these people that are new to church, new to Jesus, uh, new to the area. We've got all kinds of different generations going on. We love that. Got all kinds of different backgrounds. We got people from, you know, uh, real fundamentalist backgrounds and kind of free do your thing. We got people from backgrounds where they woke up in the morning with a shade on their lampshade on their head. You know what I'm talking about? Just kind of, that was funny. I don't care what you think. That was your chance to enjoy that. So different stages of life, different stages of their spiritual journey, all of that, uh, different people, personalities, preferences, all of that. And so the Bible teaches how to get along together. So the question is, how do we have health? How do we have unity and come together as God's people from this point going forward? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Romans 14, and we're going to read it. And so here's the idea there, as that like people that gather, like God's people, the people of God, are going to read the Word of God in this, the house of God. So if you're able to stand up, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to be reading chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. I'll read the odd verses. You'll read the even verses. So here's what I need you to do. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation, uh, says, and they praised him with a loud voice. You know where I'm going with this? So I would like you to read with a loud voice. Think of that in heaven. Loud voice, not a limp, little wimpy voice, a loud voice. Okay, out there, can I, can I uh, count on you out in the tent? Can I count on you? Okay, good. All right. Can I count on you? Can I count on you? That's what I'm talking about. Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Father, thank you for your word. And Father, we pray that we would hear the voice of God and the word of God, that you would speak to us things that we need to hear, and things that we would be glad for in this life and in eternity. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed by saying? Amen. Verse 1. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. So we want to be really clear about what this is saying and what it's, it's not saying. What it's not saying and what is clearly laid out is that uh, there are black and white portions of Scripture. 
This is not that. These are gray areas it's talking about. These are areas of opinion, and it's not talking about black and white. It's talking about things you gotta, you got to sort out. So we're going to talk about that. So the background, the history was this, is that there's a diversity of Jews and Gentiles, and they are like in completely different places where they're coming from culturally and their understanding of church and their backgrounds. So now you have both groups under one roof. So you have this dynamic of like this, this like, like hot clash between them when you're mixing these two diverse groups. And then the background behind that, you have the temple there where the priest would offer sacrifices to God. That's what's pointed to Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. But in addition to that, you have these lame, uh, phony uh, priests there that were like cult priests which were offering sacrifices to demon gods. So you got that whole dynamic going on there. And then the meat could be bought and sold in the meat section. And the Gentiles would think like, yeah, this is discounted meat. And the Jews are thinking, no, that's demon meat. And you're violating our conscience. So you got that whole thing going on. And then Paul says here that there's the weak and the strong. The weak then being largely the Jews and the strong in verse 15, I'm sorry, chapter 15, is the Gentiles there. And so when he says, accept other Christ followers or believers who are weak in the faith. So what does accept mean when it says accept? Accept means to warmly, in the original language, to warmly accept them. It means to show kindness to them when you don't agree with them. Which is the opposite often of what we do is like, you don't accept, I tend to withdraw, I tend to want to argue, make my point. This is no. What you're to do is you're to warmly welcome them and show kindness to them, to those that are weaker, maybe more immature in the faith. So, guideline number one for how we get along is this of seven points. Says that debatable issues are actually endless and there will be debatable issues. Just know this there's going to be debatable issues and there's two sides of the fence. So the problem is there you have two groups and they're starting to debate and it's how they debated. And so again, here there's one group hung up on diet, hung up on days. We're going to talk about that here. And they had a hard, hard time letting go uh, about their Sabbath tradition, their dietary laws. So uh, when I went to school, Loma Linda uh, University, the medical center, the dental school, and the VA hospital. Uh, when I was there, my good, like all, kind of my best friend wanted me to date his, his sister. And so I dragged my feet and I dragged my feet. And finally, I just gave in and so I said, okay, I'll date your sister. I'm not going to say any names, but her name was Debbie Kinman. <laughs> and so we went out for dinner. I really wanted to impress her, so I took her to Marie Callender's in Redlands. <laughs> Pretty high-dollar, fancy place. So, uh, so we were there, and I, I was sitting there, and like, I like sports, and there was a big game on. And so and I just couldn't take it anymore because the there's TV and like this... The one section, and we're sitting, I can kind of hear the game, and I couldn't take it anymore. So I said, can you just excuse me just for a moment? I just want to check the game. And I sort of didn't really ask. I just sort of, I'm going to go check the game. So I went, and I checked the game. I, God is my witness. I don't think I was gone more than a minute, maybe 30 seconds. 
And I came back, and she was hot mad. I thought, what in the heck? What, what did I do? And I, so I said, I said, Debbie, like, like what's, what did I do? She goes, it's the Sabbath. Okay, so what does that mean? She goes, you don't watch TV on the Sabbath. I thought, I think I'm going to hit the eject button here. And, uh, and so then uh, shortly thereafter, kind of hung, thought I'd, I'd, I'd try again. So we went out. Uh, I don't know what we were doing, but we were driving on Saturday morning. And I said, hey, Debbie, I just, I'm feeling a donut. I'm going to go get a donut. Again, tension in the car. You could cut the tension. It was so thick. I said, okay, what did I do this time? Like, what's the rule? Okay. She said, it's the Sabbath. I said, okay. She says, you don't buy anything on the Sabbath. I said, okay. So I pulled into the donut shop. I said, Debbie, you sit right there. You leave all the sinning to me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You leave all the sinning to me. I'm going to go buy the donuts, okay? Just stay right there. So I went and got the donuts, came back, bought, bought a, about a half dozen. As soon as I opened the box... She grabs a donut, shoves it in her kisser, eats the donut. I'm like, I thought it was the Sabbath, you know? And so uh, anyway, so it's a sin to buy, but you can eat all you want as long as you're not the sinner. So when I say, I hope you're enjoying the fruit of my sin. <laughs> anyway, it's like, so that was my exposure to like legalism. And that's a point that I'm going to make today is legalism is where you take things that are open-handed and you make them close-handed. Anyway, so it says here, Paul says, don't argue, okay, because the Jews are entrenched in tradition, don't argue with them about what is right or wrong. Debatable issues. So guideline number two on how to get along is don't debate, argue, bicker, fight over the non-essentials. That's what was happening here in the church in Rome is that they were arguing over non-essentials. And so, but there are things that we do want to fight over. There's things where you draw the line. And so it's not that you don't fight over anything. You do fight, but you be selective about what those are. Jude chapter 1 verse 3 says this, Fight or earnestly contend for the faith that God has given to his people. Earnestly contend. You draw the line in the sand. For example, we should fight over the inerrancy of Scripture, the infallibility, the inspiration of Scripture, the reliability of Scripture. We can never compromise on that. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ and the dead, the substitutionary death of Jesus, how we're redeemed by the blood of Christ, salvation by grace alone, okay, uh, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that stands forever. So there's issues that you must uh, hold dear. You cannot compromise, uh, and you hold the line. But having said that, there are many issues where you just don't want to fight about, and that's what he's talking about here. So people want to fight about alcohol and want to fight about tobacco use and what translation of the Bible to use and uh, baptism, you know, do you sprinkle, do you dunk, do you throw people off the pier in San, uh, in San Clemente or Huntington Beach? Or, uh, and so, uh, you know, what does the Bible say in Second Fleshalonians about certain movies being off limits? There's no Second Fleshalonians. And I'm just having fun. But there's no guidelines there. But we are going to talk about some at the end there, personal guidelines. So anyway, so the dynamic going on here is that people 
fighting about, you know, vegetables and condemning those that aren't having their diet and all. And the issue is, you know, to eat meat, to not eat meat, and going sideways about that here. So Paul is saying to the church, don't fight over the non-essentials is the whole idea here. Jesus put it this way. He said, look, he said, it's not what goes into a man that corrupts a man, that defiles a man, right? But what comes out of your heart. So you're not more spiritual because you're like vegetarian, maybe more healthy, but you're not more spiritual. And you're not less spiritual because you're enjoying a four by four animal style at in and out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Verse three. For those who feel free to eat anything must not look down. Watch. Isn't that true? Fill in the blank. But you look down on others that don't agree with you or do what you do. So those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. Now watch. Here's the bottom line. Here's what you do. Watch, watch. For God has accepted them. God has some of your Bibles say, receive them. So there's God, like a loving father, looking down on his children here. And so, and they're trying to sort it out. And you got these two groups, which are very polarized there. And the Gentiles are saying, like, well, what's the big deal? Like, what's the big deal? And, uh, and here's how it worked historically. Is that Jesus was Jewish. And so the first Christ followers were more largely tending Jewish. But then after that, and their whole posture was, hey, here's how we roll. Like, we don't eat pork. Uh, we do the Sabbath. We go to church on Saturday. And all the guys get circumcised. And the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, they come along there at the end of the first century. They start to infiltrate the church there and begin to make up a larger majority of the church. And they show up and they're like, yeah, we're showing up with our BLTs and our pork sandwiches. And we ain't signing up. We're not registering for the circumcision class. Like, that ain't happening. I want to worship on Sunday. And so now you have this conflict here. And the question is, which one is right? Or which one is wrong? And you see here that God receives them. Different opinions here. And so God sees that, both the Jew, both the Gentile there, uh, so saying, I'm going to accept them both with their differing opinions here. I'm not going to judge one or the other there for their differences. So what you have is you have primary closed issues and secondary open-handed issues. So I want to talk about that because there's some non-negotiables, like I mentioned, closed-handed. There is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Bible is inspired in our highest authority, that which we must anchor all of Scripture, how we filter our lives through God's written, inspired word. So we follow the Bible. Okay, Jesus Christ is the God-man. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, born of a virgin, lived without sin, went to the cross. And so uh, whoever puts their faith in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So there's, not, there's essentials there. They're non-negotiables. But then there's also open-handed issues here where you can have different opinions. So I want to talk just a moment about that because guidelines on getting along number three is this. Know that there's different opinions. And so you can, I want to have a conversation about that. For example, here's some of the, maybe the issues today in culture that are um, maybe a few of them, but not limited to. So you have homeschool versus public school. 
People can really get into that versus charter school, versus online, versus stay at home, kind of can be watch online, which to me is like fake school because the kids don't even participate in it. But that's a whole nother subject. But we have our opinions. You can kind of tell like I've got my opinion already. But uh, you can see then, then there's other things like, okay, what do we do on Halloween versus Harvest Festival? Uh, what do we do there? I've had people come and talk to me after church that are completely unglued about how could you have a, a harvest festival? I said, well, you know, it, it's a holiday that we get more people here on Easter or on Christmas. So why not leverage the holiday for the good of the kingdom of God and invite them to church? And, uh, and so anyway, that was another conversation. But then you have the whole mask versus no mask. Again, I have, I have my opinions. Like, I'm a science guy. Vax versus no vax. Okay, uh, we had... We had lots of people leave the church because they're mad about our posture. No matter what, whatever position you choose, people get mad and they leave. They leave because you're too strong or you're too soft. So they just leave. And, and many never to come back. And light up social media. Really? It's a secondary issue. Was it necessary to light up social media about me and the church over secondary issues? See, that's, that's where it can go. And so then there's Bible translation. We had somebody come here, I'm not kidding, a few weeks ago, wanted to talk to me. And, uh, and the, the kind of the people that kind of watch out over the church are like, hey, this guy's like, you know, he's got some loose marbles. And he keeps driving by to see when you're here and ask if we teach from the King James, the old King James. One of the things there. And so getting so legalistic, taking open-handed, making it close-handed, but it's just an opinion. What translation of the Bible do you use? Well, we read from the NIV. We read from the New King James. We read from the ESV and the NLT. We read from different ones. I read from the Good News Bible. So whatever I think translates uh, the best. But, uh, but we lean toward the New Living and the ESV. But anyway, people get really worked up about that. So how about a political party? You can still go to heaven if you're of the other political party, just not right away. <laughs> you heard of like in football, they have like draft picks for like your first round draft pick. Maybe you're a lower draft pick, but you'll still get in. Anyway, I'm just saying, having fun. So uh, just loosen up everybody. So then there's like end times, the rapture. And do we get raptured? Do we get stuck? What about the mark of the beast? Uh, is it the president? Uh, when is Jesus coming back? He's coming back, close-handed. When he's coming back, can't be so dogmatic about that, but we know that he's coming back, and so, uh, but we don't know exactly when. So the way I look at it is that we're the welcoming committee, but we're not the planning committee, okay? So we don't know baptism. And by the way, uh, we're going to teach a revelation that will be coming up uh, in this year, and, uh, and I have my opinions, and I have my thoughts, and, uh, and stuff I've looked at really for decades and decades, trying to sort through it and, and all before I, I talk. And so, uh, but I came to the conclusion years ago, reading different viewpoints and versions, and all these really smart guys devoting their whole life to it. I thought, I said, and again, I have my, my thoughts and my leaning, but I thought, you know what? There's guys on both sides of the fence that are smarter than me. They're smarter than me, and they're more studied than me. Though I've given myself to it, they're, they're more studied than me. And so they're on both sides. So, so anyway, so we need to recognize that. What about baptism? Again, you know, 
Do we kind of sprinkle, do a little spritzer thing there? Uh, do we dunk, you know, babies? Uh, that would be like, uh, that would be unkind. And so, but why is it important then to recognize that we have all these different things that are just second tier, they're not non-negotiables, they're secondary issues. Here's a few reasons. Number one is this. We want to welcome people, the unconvinced. We want to be a church where people are free to come. You have to agree with everything that we think on primary, primary yes, this is where we stand, but on secondary issues there, that we want to love you. you we recognize it's a process. You dialogue. You're unconvinced. You can grow. But we want to be a church that loves people. And why is that? Well, first of all, Jesus said to, but we don't want to be a church that divides over secondary issues. We want to be a church where you come in, where we study the Bible, uh, and it's okay if you don't agree on everything. And so, but here's what we do. We make it our great aim and our goal is to connect. Connect relationally there before, like, we got to, like, okay, here's the correct understanding of whatever here. Because watch, like the church here, if someone is critical and condescending uh, and doesn't listen to you, doesn't care about you, and you can tell they don't love you and all that, are you going to receive from them? Are you going to like, probably not? So the Bible says, speak the truth. How? In love. So we're pretty good about just speaking the truth. What about speaking the truth in love that is engaging and endearing and, uh, and attractive? People know that you love them. Are they then more ready to listen to you if you're like that? And so there's dialogue. And so our unity is around primary issues that we agree on, but it's not based on secondary issues. That's where so many churches go sideways, lose unity, and all that are unhealthy. And so the point is this, is that people can have different difference of opinions, but you lovingly respect them and recognize that relationship uh, is more important than winning the secondary issue so you can be right. That's kind of the spirit of what he's saying here. And so now, having said that, because, oh, you know, are you, are you compromising? Not at all. Not at all. God never changes what he says to fit culture. We, we, we teach it straight up. God doesn't edit what he says uh, because he gets it right the first time. So male and female, he's created them. We'll teach that. And so uh, notice in verse 4, though, who are you to condemn or to judge? Someone else's servants. Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they'll stand and receive his approval. So guideline number four, if you're taking notes, it is not your job to judge. And we tend to do that, and we're kind of bent. I think it's within pretty much everyone that you can tend to judge. It's not to your job to judge, you will be judged. So the big idea is that God will judge all of us, and so you leave that to him. Now we're changing from the whole idea of diet world, okay, now to day world. He shifts here in verse 5, pivot says, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. The Jews were like, hey, we're all about the Sabbath, that's when we worship the Lord, and so here's how I look at it. Here's how I concluded for me personally. This is me personally. You don't have to. Uh, this is my conviction, my viewpoint, my philosophy, how I live life. The Bible says, for some people, one day they esteem greater than another. Others esteem all days alike. I esteem all days alike. 
I love Sundays. Uh, it's a great day. It's a, it's a favorite day to be with you. But I esteem all days alike there because to me, every day is the Lord's day. I'm not hyped up for one day and then, you know, in the tank the next day. Like every day is the Lord's day. Every day is a day to worship. Every day is a day to walk with God and the thrill and the joy of that. But every day. And so they were, they were debating about that Saturday versus Sunday and all that. And so, but interestingly, interestingly, of the Ten Commandments, the only one that's not repeated in the New Testament is the Sabbath. Interestingly, that Hebrews says that Christ has become our rest, our peace, our Sabbath. Interestingly, that the church was born on Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So that's why we lean toward Sunday versus Saturday now. But it says, but others think every day is alike. Just be convinced in wherever you land there. Verse 6. Now watch this. As those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. So God says, yeah, like they love me. I love that. And those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, to give thanks to God, to please the Lord. What's the big idea? The big idea is this. God is a father. We're his kids. And he recognizes that we don't get it all, get it right all the time. God's highly like relational. And he recognizes, hey, there's somebody going to church on Saturday, somebody going on Sunday. They love me. They love me. So they change their diet. They don't change their diet. They love me here. So I'm working on them. I got them. And, uh, and you don't need to judge one another is what he's saying. I am the judge, verse 7. We don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. So guideline number four is this, to get along. Recognize like we all belong to Jesus. Okay, we're all on team Jesus. And so we don't need to, to, to fight over petty things. And verse 8, if we live, we live to honor the Lord. If we die, we want to honor the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. So he's saying like, look, we're all the Lord's people, kids, children. So leave it there. Verse 9, Christ died and rose again for the very purpose to be the kurios, Lord Master, over you and over everything. And so let us focus then on the Lord. And so it says, verse 10, remember, we're going to all stand before or give account at the judgment. That's the Bema seat of Christ. It speaks in the original language of the, of the, the judgment where you'll be rewarded, called the Bema seat of Christ which is where in the Olympic games there, they would be rewarded. So that's the idea here. And then quoting from Isaiah 45, where the scriptures say, surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. So finally, verse 12, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So friends, recognize that. Guideline number seven, we're going to all give an account to God. So live under the, under the knowledge of that. So I want to shift gears here, and I want to close with this. Those are seven guidelines for how we get along from Romans 14. Now I want to shift, and I want to talk very personal. I want to talk about your personal life. This is horizontal, how you do life with you for the rest of your life. I feel that the three things, points that I'm going to make, that these are transformative, these points could transform your life. And I would say this, that your best life is on the other side of what I'm going to say. 
these three things. Three things you want to build into your life. Three things that you want to put as a filter over your decisions. A filter, how you filter gray areas of life. So here they are, number one. Question to ask yourself, this thing I'm thinking about doing, I'm thinking about engaging in, is it profitable? In other words, will it make like a contribution to my life that is healthy and positive? Will it cause me to be moved Godward to Christ's word? Uh, does it help me in my spiritual life? Uh, does it build me up or does it tear me down? Will it edify me? Is it profitable? Or will it, will it help me or will it hurt me? I think it's a very simple, practical way to filter things that you're thinking about in your life, maybe relationships. What difference will it make in my life? Paul put it this way to the church, which was struggling. And he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, said all things, Paul, an expert on the law, says all things are lawful, but watch, all things don't profit me. All things don't build me up. All things don't edify me. All things don't help my spiritual life. The word used here literally means, it says edify, means to build a house. So the picture is this, how are you building your own personal, internal, spiritual house? What are the building materials which you're using there? How are they going to affect the development of your house? How are you constructing your own house? Not all things are good for the house. That's what he's saying here. And so, is it profitable? Secondly, does it build me up spiritually? 2 Corinthians 12, 19. Everything we do, dear friends, let it strengthen you. What good advice is that? In other words, everything. Everything you read. Everything you look at, everything that you go to, everything that you experience, okay, are those things building you up? All those things strengthening you, how that would change how we do life tomorrow morning. And then number three, will it potentially dominate me? Paul talks about this too. Can it control me? Can it enslave me? Can it cause me to be addicted? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by any. Think of that, friends. What is he saying? I can do whatever I want, yet I don't want it to dominate me. I don't want to end up in bondage. I don't want it to control me. I don't want to be mastered by that thing. I don't want to become a slave to that thing. And so what does that look like in your life? I'll tell you what it looked like in my life. So some of you know my background is that uh, we had generations and generations and generations of alcoholism. So as a young boy, my dominant memories are just seeing bottles of vodka and pouring, making screwdrivers for my mom and seeing my grandmother drunk. and all. That's just my dominant memory. Like you think about things you remember as a kid. That's what I remember as a kid, my dominant memories of my life. So by the time I'm a young guy, I'm talking 8, 9, 10, I'm seeing the devastation in my family, from my grandmother and my mother. And as a little boy, I'm thinking, you know what? That's not good for life. And then when I became a Christ follower as a teenager, and I, and I felt that way, and, I had, and it just the devastation that it did. So nothing wrong with drinking. But for me personally, seeing generation after generation after generation, and what it did, my conclusion was, that's, that can't be a part of my life. I don't want to go down the road. They've all gone down. 
So that was the latest side. Because the potential, I thought, that could, it's enslaved generation after generation after dominating the bondage dating back as far as the generations that I know. And so does it have the potential to dominate me? You need to think about that. Friends, if we would install these filters over our lives, you can see your best life would be on the other side of those things. So that's it. Three guidelines to help you with gray areas. and Seven guidelines to help you get along. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. And thank you, Lord, for its like just directness and its power and its practical implications and impact on our lives. Thank you, God, that you haven't just left us alone to figure it all out on our own, but you give us like biblical principles by which can guide our lives. So, Father, I pray that we would that your word would not return void, but accomplish its divine purpose whereunto it's been sent that would strengthen us, edify us, build us up, draw us near to you, and we would leave here knowing that Jesus is awesome. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If you would stand to your feet.